The rumors absolutely will not go away. Will Ole Miss get Pete Golding? You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. Though I do want to let you know, these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting down below or upvoting the video itself. Now, huge official visit weekend this weekend. We're going to talk about some surprises that came in this weekend and everything about that official visit in the second segment. In the first segment, we're going to talk about Pete Golding. Now, we talked about over the weekend, I had a conversation with Tom. It was on Friday, or Tom, it was with Tom on Saturday's show. And we talked about the Pete Golding rumors. And it is a fact that anytime any solution comes up, Pete Golding is the plug-in solution to that problem. He is kind of becoming a mythical figure, real similar to the way the John Gruden hire was for the University of Tennessee back when they were struggling. So whenever you hear people in Oxford that might say they have connections to Pete Golding, you have to take it with a grain of salt because to them, he's always coming. He always wants to come back. Everybody talking about this talks about how it would be silly for somebody not to want to go to Oxford. That's fine. Now, Whenever I look at rumors like this, I, I look at the other side because if nobody is saying anything from the other side where people are actually living and conversations are actually happening, it's all conjecture. It, 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 you can't really believe it. But as we said on Friday, now there's up to a five-page thread on the Alabama board about Pete Golding and Ole Miss. There's a conversation about how why Alabama is probably going to be good to let him go. And A, I don't think that is true, and I'll explain that why in just a second. But that gives me reason to follow this a little bit closer than I normally would. So Pete Golding is a good defensive coordinator. If you look at Alabama statistics for the year, they're, they're right around 10th in total yards. They're right around 10th in points per game. And everybody's like, well, the offense is set up, or the defense is set up a little bit different than what they're used to. So you see those numbers, you can't really take those numbers and compare them to the Reuben Foster's defense of the early 2010s. You, you just can't do that because so much has changed, even amongst Alabama. This is a different Alabama team now than there was in 2013, 2014. Whenever that upset happened in Oxford, that was a completely different football team. The change to the offense um, was just beginning. Lane Kiffin had just gotten on campus. And I don't think people understand the role that an offense plays in the defense. 
they see a defense in a football game and they're like, well, this defense has given up 18 points a game. So that's better than the defense. Uh, that's not as good as the defense that was given up nine points a game. Well, A, that's true, and it's, but it's a very simplistic way to look at it. Because if the offense is designed to be more explosive and you're designed to score 10, point, 10 more points a game, that is going to stress your defense. You obviously, in the age of these spread offenses and things like that, the reason they changed away from what they were doing to this offensive system is because they wanted to get ahead of the game offensively. Now, still good defenses. There's still a lot of um, Alabama principled stuff that they have done over the last 10 years. You're just dealing with play volume and time of possession becoming less and less important because everybody's going to look at Georgia. You know, Georgia's still only giving up 12 points a game, and they're like, well, see, it can be done in this air. But the difference is they protect their defense at all costs. They play a style of offense that protects that defense and allows them to win the game because Georgia's team, they might have five stars everywhere, they're a team that still wins because of their defense. Alabama decided in 2014 when they hired Lane Kiffin that offensively we were going to maximize the potential of these five stars. And it doesn't matter if the defense gets a little worse. We're just going to make sure they're good. And if so, we can be dominant. And they honestly, they were. 2017, 2019. 2020, all during those periods were Alabama just offensive juggernauts. But everybody looks at the defense. The worst this defense looked was in 2020. Um, and that was the year that Mac Jones won the national title for Alabama. The offense was as good as it's been. But Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral went up and down the field on them. Florida threw for 400 yards on them. That that affected their numbers. But other than that, they've kind of pretty consistently still kind of lived in that 10-11 range nationally on defense. And that is nothing to sneeze at, even with the talent that Alabama's defense has. There's other, other teams that have that level of talent that aren't that consistent. So... When you look at Pete Golding and you look at the Alabama situation, you need to contextually look at it through the lens that football had completely changed. Alabama football specifically changed in the period of Pete Golding, and now they might be about to change back. They might be about to go back to murder ball, but we will see exactly what it looks like. Pete Golding would be a good hire for Ole Miss. We talked about Ole Miss's defense needing to evolve. You're seeing teams go back to that murder ball system. This is not going to be the Big 12 anymore in the Southeastern Conference. You're going to see offenses that run the ball, that pound the ball, and if you are unable to stop it, if you if you announce that weakness, you're going to have problems against everybody because every single team is going to do it, period. And there's no way you can really get around that. Pete Golding would be a way to evolve this defense. Now, I don't think the 3-2-6 needs to completely go away. It doesn't. It, it has a role in a third down defense as a nickel package. But standard, best base defense, I'm thinking 3-3-5, 4-2-5, something like that. And Pete Golding would honestly bring that expertise in. Even though he's been a three-man front, 3-4 three, type defense with Nick Saban over the last five or six years, it'll be interesting to see him 
um, bring his own ideas in because everybody says on the chalkboard the guy is phenomenal. So we'll see exactly what he can do if he takes the Ole Miss job. He would be a good fit for Ole Miss. Make no mistake about it. He would be a good fit. But he does still need to take that job. And like I said before, this has become the Ole Miss equivalent of the John Gruden rumors, the groomers. Um, so we'll see what happens. Anytime there's a problem, you can just like hit that button and his name comes out. Because honestly, I think his wife's from the area. There's friends in the area. And we've all talked over and over about the people that want to collect coaches, collect players, collect staff members. And in doing that, you know, you feel like, you know, it's a self-important thing. But he is a good football coach. He would be a good fit for Ole Miss. And it will be interesting to see if this goes. Now, I think that this is going to start moving this week one way or another. Bill O'Brien's contract as the offensive coordinator at Alabama has not been renewed. That has not been announced. I heard rumors down at the Under Armour game that they were um, thinking about Garrett, Garrett Riley, an offensive coordinator. But that would change what you need to do defensively. It'll be interesting to see exactly what they do because they are in a new era. There's also um, talk that the Alabama is going to look, because I think the regular season ends maybe today, in the NFL, an NFL coordinator may come back. So we'll see exactly how that looks because this will be the next domino that falls, everything that could happen. It should be really, really interesting to see, I mean, really everything because this could be really cool. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hire hiring manager, you know that the success of 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire the qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Set up a profile just like you do everything. You just look online. You can figure out what needs how your um, LinkedIn profile needs to look. Now, LinkedIn Job helps you quickly attract candidates to your open jobs with targeting tool. They go beyond your resume data by using insights from your job post com- company and their 875 million member profiles to put in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job application qualifications all on one platform. It's why... Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, moving on from the Pete Golding rumors, we told you on Friday about um, the official visitors that we knew about. Now, It looks like about six more 
has appeared on campus, including Spencer Sanders, which I'll talk about that in just a second. He's the quarterback from Oklahoma State. But, you know, we let you know about Caden Priestcorn and stuff like that. Now, you look at these official visits and transfer. It's going to be a steady stream throughout now until January 18th, whenever the transfer window closes. So it, the action-packed portion of the program is about to start. Now, why has Ole Miss kind of slow-played this, especially defensively, other than Jeremiah, Jean-Baptiste, and Joshua Harris? Because those are going to be necessary regardless. Why have we not seen any attempt to remold the roster to become what you want it to become, right? And honestly, the there's a lot that can be said for the Pete Golding rumors that we talked about in the first segment. But if they were going to change over and get different type players, now would be about the time to do that. That would be an, a situation that you could mold the talent defensively towards a potential evolution of your defense. Because I do not think the defense is going to completely change. I do think it is going to evolve. In other words, it's going to look more like a 3-3-5 than a 3-2-6. I think Perkins allows the defense to do that. Plus, I think they're going to do some different stuff to try and, and cover up that, that freaking off-tackle play that everybody ran ad nauseum towards the end of the year. Whenever you could just line up in two tight ends, you have an end and a 215-pound linebacker and a bunch of open space. And you're relying on the defense to flow and in the midst of everything, control the rush lanes and things like that. And that's just a difficult move. It was easy for explosives to happen against that defense and everybody started doing it over and over. I do expect this defense to change a little bit moving forward. So, we told you about Spencer Sanders. There's some other players that was mentioned on Twitter. Um, and if I get the names wrong and if I get whoever tweeted it wrong, um, I apologize. Okay. But you have offensive linemen that are starting to come in, like Damian George, um, defensive linemen, I think like. What's his name? The kid from Purdue. Offensive lineman like Victor um, Kermy, I think is his name. Uh, if I mispronounce your name, I apologize. There are players that are coming in that we knew nothing about on Friday. That's my point about this. Now, I don't know if they're going to stick with Ole Miss. I know they're going to take their visit, but they're going to essentially shop, for lack of a better word. We talked about Spencer Sanders. Um, coming in and visiting. That's a big thing. That doesn't make sense necessarily um, if you're an Ole Miss fan. Now, everybody likes more good players, and Spencer Sanders is a good player. Now, I mean, there's no doubt about that. But it's almost like you're renting trouble. You're inviting trouble to come in onto your team whenever you have somebody that was bar none the leader of the team at the end of the year. That makes things uncomfortable in January, in February, and March, uh, leading up to the season. Now, then you have to do the charade that we did last year of another quarterback competition, and that becomes exhausting. Okay? 
Now, there are going to be some people, some fans, that believe that they should be uncomfortable. That they're doing absolutely the right thing, and they're probably not even in the Jackson Dart camp to begin with. And that's fine. That's okay. But something like that has the potential to upend your locker room. The other two quarterbacks that were supposedly on campus was Mike Wright and Brady Allen. And we did Brady Allen over on Friday. We did Mike Wright on, I think, Thursday. Those fit what Ole Miss needs. Now, the benefit for somebody like Spencer Sanders is that means Auburn can't get him. And if Auburn can't get him, their team is in a little bit of trouble moving forward because they they need a quarterback. And without one, it's going to be a problem. Now, I like Robbie Ashford. I think he's a good player. But they want Spencer Sanders because then you can recruit, develop, and all of a sudden take that first year and build up to the second year. And that is their goal moving forward. So if you can eliminate um, somebody in the transfer portal, you can work to keep them down a little bit. Now, I don't think Ole Miss is doing that. That's like 4D chess. And we all like to give Lane Kiffin a little bit of credit on that. I don't think he's doing that. But we'll see exactly how this goes. If, if you asked me where I think Spencer Sanders is going to end up, I think he's going to end up at Auburn. I think that somebody like Mike Wright or Brady Allen is going to end up at Ole Miss. That, that's just gut feeling here. I think Caden Priestcorn will probably end up at Ole Miss. Um, that, that's just a good fit. And you can come in here and become the dominant tight end push Michael Trigg and make him really have to get better. And if both of those lights come on and Ole Miss can run, you know, 12 personnel from time to time, that's that's an interesting situation as well. Like I said, if the light comes on for Michael Trigg, there's not a tight end in the Southeastern Conference that matches up with him in any particular way. It, I mean, it just is. And he's, he's a really, really good player. So take these visits and the information you get from these visits with a grain of salt. Because honestly, this is not an insult to anybody. Nobody knows what's going on. All they can do is drop tidbits of knowledge that they have. If you combine those, take perspectives from most everybody, you can decently get an idea of what's going on. But the days of a kid showing up on campus and he's going to sign, that's pretty much over. So like I said before, I feel sorry for anybody that has to cover the transfer portal and like literally stake their name to what is happening because there's so many factors right now. The kids are so smart. This is their second time through the scenario. This is going to become the dominant way the classes get recruited, honestly. And people are getting good at it. As it gets more congested, it's probably going to get a little bit more fun and transfer window season is going to become what Signing day used to be when National Signing Day was a big deal whenever I worked at Rivals. Deadline day is going to become that as well. So lots of good players. If anybody commits, we will live stream about them. We're not going to necessarily speculate. We're not going to go into rumors, so to speak, necessarily. Um, But if we have an opinion, we're going to drop it from time to time. But should be really interesting. When we come on to the next segment, we are going to talk to Derek Vandegriff about the 2023 Diamond Rebels, um, the defending national champion Ole Miss Rebels. 
So it should be pretty good. Anyway, right now I do want to let you know about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest news and odds and trends for every professional or amateur league out there from pro football to basketball. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at betonline.net. Also, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. We're all about perspectives and commentary here, and we're going to do a little bit of baseball preview the 2022 national champion Ole Miss Rebels will start in about a month. Lots of players that have moved on. There's no Kevin Graham, no Justin Bench, no Tim Elko. Some of those names we're used to. But a lot of names are going to be coming back. How you doing, Derek? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. I'm kind of looking forward to baseball season. Basketball isn't going particularly well. Coach Yo, yeah. Coach Yo does have the girls humming at the moment, but yeah, baseball needs to hurry up and get started. Yeah, yeah, I've been ready for baseball for uh, for quite a long time now. Quite frankly, since uh, back towards the end of June, I was ready to get this thing rolling back again. You know, and kind of like you're opening there, talking about defending national champions. I'll I'll never get tired of hearing that. But you know, it's time to turn the page and you know start start our road to a repeat here. Yeah, and. You know, I just mentioned there's no Justin Bench, there's no Kevin Graham, there's no Tim Elko. What does the lineup actually look like for Ole Miss this year? Yeah, the lineup's going to be stacked again, man. You know, even without those guys, we have so many players coming back. You know, you start out with Jacob Jacob Gonzalez, the shortstop, the All-American. You know, he's he's in the conversation to be the number one overall pick in the MLB draft. He's that talented both defensively and offensively from the left side of the plate, you know. Uh, so so you get him back and, you know, you get the spark plug and, and Peyton Chatagnier, and every time you look at a lineup, both defensively and with the bats, you want to start up the middle, see, see how you're going to look. And, man, Ole Miss is really solid there with those two at short and second. And then, you know, you, you get a good look at uh, Calvin Harris at, at catcher this year. You know, he's been blocked by Hayden Dunhurst the last couple of years, you know, here. And, uh, boy, he really came around and started swinging it well for us last year, especially in, in Omaha, you know. And, and that whole postseason run, he was really good earlier in the year at DA. He's played a little corner outfield for us, uh, as well as backing up Dunhurst. And, you know, he had an injury there that kind of put him out a little bit. And then, uh, you know, once he got back in and – latter part of the year when we need him, he, he really stepped up for us. So, you know, you'll have him at catcher, and center field's going to be the really interesting spot. You know, you've got T.J. McCants coming back, super, super talented guy. You know, went went through a heck of a lot last year. You know, people didn't know it while the season was going on, but after the season ended, you kind of heard what all was going on just in his personal life, you know, and that uh, and that's always tough for a young player to go through, you know, as uh, hard as baseball is, especially in the SEC, you know, to have to deal with that too. But but you saw how talented he was there in the postseason. He just come up with big hit after big hit for us. And, uh, but then, you know, you look and you've got this transfer coming in, Ethan Groff from Tulane. And, uh, you know, he's he's played center field his entire career. So maybe he 
maybe he gets into center and you move TJ to left or vice versa. It'll be interesting to see how Mike ends up doing that. But Ethan is a really, really good player. Hit 404 last year, a power speed guy, hit nine bombs, stole seven bases, I think it was. But uh, really, really good defender in center field too. So, uh, you know, that's that's really nice to have him there with TJ. you got a lot of speed out there. And then in right field, the the big bopper, right, Kemp Alderman. You know, he's, he's got this huge cannon arm, which is perfect if, for a right fielder. Um, and, and you know what he can do with the bat. He's just sitting there. Everything he hits is over 110 miles an hour, it seems like. You know, he's just doubles and home runs all over the place. And apparently he couldn't get out this fall. He's, he was that good with the bat at the plate for us. Uh, so he's obviously coming back, and that's a big boost to our lineup too. Uh, but these, these guys top to bottom should really swing it. I think the, the key position for us next year is figure out what we're going to do at third base with Justin Bench going out. You know, we, we had Reagan Burford last year, you know, and he swung it okay, but he really, really struggled defensively for us over there. And then we bring in this Juco guy, Ethan Leeds, and, you know, he's another guy that's kind of that same mold. He can hit it all over the place. He's a super, super good hitter. Uh, but kind of seems to struggle with the glove a little bit. You know, I think he had a, an 854 uh, fielding percentage at third base last year before he transferred here. Uh, so that's that's one thing that we need to see. Some Somebody can get over there and, and really man that hot corner defensively for us. That's, that's a big deal for us right now. Yeah, um, what about first base? Um, how do you replace Tim Elko? Well, you're not going to play – you're not going to replace Tim Elko. You'll never replace him. He's probably the greatest player in Ole Miss history, not only what he meant to the team on the field, but off of it too. He's one of those generational-type players and leaders more than anything, and and that's something that we're really going to have to replace. And, uh, you know, Chatagnier and Gonzalez, those guys are going to have to step up from a leadership standpoint. But we ended up getting transfer Anthony Calarco from Northwestern. He's coming in. That's going to be your everyday first baseman, I would imagine. You know, he's – He's a big guy, really, really good bat, 325 average, 1051 OPS. Uh, can can really put it over the fence when he needs to, and he can just do a little bit of everything for us, and he's a really athletic big guy there at first base too. So that's something you'll kind of see in the Tim Elko mold because Elko was that way at first base. He was that super athletic guy, you know, coming over from third base and playing first base for us. And, and so I think you'll see a lot of similarities between Calarco and Elko there, but but I think that's your guy at first base for us. Okay. Now let's turn over to the pitching staff because Dylan DeLucia, this team does not win a national championship without him moving to the starting pitching number one spot. Uh, Hunter Elliott is going to obviously move into that number one spot. He's he he's basically a Doug Nikhazy clone. It's amazing yeah. like they're able to do stuff like that. But what does the pitching rotation starting out look like? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of the same thing every year, you know, with uh, Mike Bianco ever since he's been here. We, we just churned, churned out pitchers year after year, you know, and uh, Hunter Elliott's another one of those guys. We don't win the national championship without him either. I mean, he was just incredible. With, between him and Delucia, they come in and, you know, when in the regional and super regional formats with the top two guys, you know, if, if you win those first two games, you put yourself in a good position. That's what those two were able to do. So, yeah, Elliott's going to come back. He's going to start on Fridays for us, you know, with all the experience that he has. You know, really, really good changeup. That's that's kind of his bread and butter, right? He's, he's not going to blow you away with the fastball. It's, it's a heavy fastball, but it's not one that's going to get up 94, 95 miles per hour. He's going to sit 89, 91. 
and he's going to work it off of that changeup that just absolutely disappears on you. And that's that's kind of his calling card. The Saturday game, right? That's that's what everybody's wondering. What are we going to do after Hunter Elliott on weekends? I'm telling you all right now, Grayson Saunier, the freshman coming in, the, the big right-hander, he's going to be a dude for us. Um, he's got a big, big fastball. He's consistently sits anywhere between 93 and 95 miles an hour, can run it up a little bit higher. Um, but he has a slider that's going to make him a ton of money one of these days. Um, just just a really, really good pitch, real sharp break on it, 81, 84 miles an hour. It's not that real hard-biting slider you see from, from like, Kate Horton, for example, last year in the National Championship game, that kind of slider. It's not like that. It's, it's more off-speed to complement his fastball. Um, one thing I found interesting was a quote from Mike Bianco through fall ball this year talking about Grayson Saunier. He said, I don't remember a freshman ever pitching that well in fall here from week to week, even Doug Nikhazy, Gunnar Hoagland, and Ryan Rawlison. He says he's been better than all three of those as a true freshman in fall ball so far this year. I mean, this, this guy is a real dude. He's going to lock down Saturdays for us. Um, and it's one of those guys that Rebel fans better enjoy while he's here because he's not going to be here very long. Yeah. Um, Sunday, let's talk about the Sunday starter real quick. Uh, yeah, if if you made me guess, I would say probably Jack Doherty. I would think he probably has the inside track to get the Sunday job for us, which, I mean, Lord, if you tell me Jack Doherty's our Sunday starter, you know, that's that's probably about as good as we've had in at least a decade in Oxford. You know, he's, he's really turned it around. Uh, last year in particular, especially when we got to the postseason, he, he had a really, really good run. You know, he's always had that real-life fastball, and, uh, he's he's always been able to throw it by people, and then that slider. You know that's that's kind of the mo of any Ole Miss pitcher. It doesn't matter what your arsenal is when you come to Oxford out of high school. While you're here, you're going to learn to throw a fastball and a slider, and then you can mix in a changeup if you want to. That's that's just kind of Mike Bianco and them's philosophy with the pitcher. Uh, but Doherty would be my guess for a Sunday starter. There are other options out there. Um, now, if you told me Josh Mallets was healthy and didn't have to have Tommy John surgery. I would go ahead and almost guarantee you would be Doherty on Sundays. But with his experience in the bullpen, you may have to use him a little bit more in a bullpen role and, and maybe look at some of these other freshmen or somebody like a uh, like an Xavier uh, Rivas that's, that's transferring in from D2 Indianapolis, you know, the lefty. He's kind of a crafty guy. Maybe that's somebody you could put in at Sunday if you have to move Doherty to the bullpen. Uh, but but they have a lot of arms uh a lot of really, really good freshmen. JT Quinn's another one. He's a really, really big kid, 6'6", 205 pounds, and uh, really, really good fastball. I mean, he runs it up there 95, 96 miles an hour with this 84 to 85 mile an hour slider, a good, hard, sharp, breaking slider. Um, that's that's a name that, that Ole Miss fans need to keep an eye on, too, because there's no doubt in my mind either in the rotation, whether it be the weekend, the midweek, or if we end up putting him into the bullpen and letting him work out of there, that's one guy that's going to make an impact for us this year. Yeah. Who who would be your players to watch um, for the season for the Rebs? Uh, yeah, kind of on the pitching side. You know, I already talked about Grayson Sonier just because he's a new guy, right? I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. one guy that you're going to want to watch. Uh, JT Quinn. Uh, one really important piece I think is going to be Mason Nichols. You know, he he pitched really well for us last year out of the bullpen. He has a lot of experience down there. That that may be where we go first 
to try to close games out since we've lost Mallets. Uh, and, and don't forget, you got Riley Maddox coming back more than likely at some point next year. You know, he's, he, he's probably not going to be ready for the start of the season, but he's been throwing off flat ground uh, a good bit here lately. You know, I think started that about two, two and a half months ago, something like that. And, and he was really good for a freshman for us last year before he ended up having to have the surgery. So that's that's another arm that we, we potentially have have in our in our bag we can pull out to to throw into that bullpen uh, you know and then will furnace you know i i know i talked about him with you back during signing day and all that for for baseball you know he's he's a big big kid that that, that has a lot of power from the left side of the plate and then we got a freshman out of Tupelo that can really swing at mason morris and he's six five 220 pounds and he played shortstop back in uh, high school for Tupelo, you know, there he's more projected as a first base, possibly even third base because of how athletic he is, which could be really interesting considering we do have a hole there. If he's able to crack the line up there at third base, if he is indeed athletic enough to, to play it. Um, but he's he's got a real big bat, real, real big power potential. I mean, that's that's the guy that I think in, in a year or two, if he's not able to crack the lineup this year, he most certainly will next year. And that's that's the name people need to keep an eye on, too, because he can really swing it, and he's a really big athletic kid. All right. Um, looking at the SEC, give us some teams that we need to keep an eye on in the SEC before the season starts. Uh, yeah, LSU's going to be a problem. I mean, that's 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 going to be a problem for anybody in the entire country. With I mean, they're – and look, it's all within the rules. They're, I have no issues with it whatsoever, but they decided after this year they were going out and they were going to try to buy them a College World Series championship in that transfer portal. You know, they, they brought in Tommy Tanks there, and he's going to pay, play third base for them. He hits it a ton, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's any, any transfer out there that was worth their weight, LSU went and got them. Of course, they're – always really good recruiting and then you got Cruz there still you know he's he's one of the top picks in next year's draft too so LSU's going to be a real big problem um really look at the west in general man I mean LSU A&M you know Mississippi State's going to end up bouncing back they're they're one of those programs that's not going to stay down long uh and, and and then Auburn you know they're they're They've built a really good baseball program out there at Auburn and then Arkansas too. You know they're they're always going to be a problem with Van Horn, uh, but then you got Tennessee still and and Vanderbilt and Florida. You know this the SEC is going to be about as big of a bear as it's ever been in recent memory this year. I mean, there's teams. I I can make a case for anybody besides Alabama winning the SEC West. That's how good it is this year. I mean, it's it's going to be absolutely incredible. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You're, you're going to get a, a, a top-level game day in and day out on weekends when SEC play starts. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, but, you know, you you better bring your lunch pill when you come play in the SEC this year. It's going to be a damn dogfight every single time you step out on the, on the field. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about your college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Derek, thank you so much for stopping by. Like I said, I'm looking forward to baseball season, that first pitch going out. Oh, yeah, me too, man. Can't get here soon enough. All right, bud. Hi, toddy. All right, hi, toddy.